Hello, everyone. Well, here's my first podcast. Uh, got a recommendation from this from my good friend Sam, and since I do like to talk about many different topics of various different ranges, thought this was something worth giving a go. So uh, I thought I'd start off with is something that is uh, something I really love, and I also put on the background of my uh, my profile, and uh, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it as a whole, but the Infinity Saga definitely being the part that I really love a lot and the one that's fresh in my mind and can't wait to see what happens in Phase 4. So I thought this would be a retrospective while also being uh, around at the end to speculate about the... uh, state of the mcu moving forward from phase four and onward because there's a lot of interesting things that could potentially happen and i've been following the news and many rumors i've heard are coming up pretty nice and the uh, buyout of 20th century fox has definitely led to many things and that'll lead to some interesting points later on that i uh, can't wait to further discuss so anyway uh let's go ahead and start off from the beginning Iron Man. So, first film in the cinematic universe, summer 2008. Remember seeing it with my grandma, not knowing what to expect. She just asked if I wanted to see a movie, and I must have saw Iron Man back when they still showed <coughs> movie times <laughs> in newspapers. <laughs> Remember that? Boy, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, over a decade ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw that and ended up really loving the film and. That movie making me want to go back and watch more Robert Downey Jr. movies, and that movie being a very solid one that uh, I really enjoyed, and gosh dang, it was definitely a good start to the universe with uh, how it was a great standalone film in its own way, but uh, left the door open for other films. That's one thing I've noticed about it. It's very standalone, yet there's still some loose ends, because Just a little background so I don't bore you. Marvel Studios could have went bankrupt had this movie been a flop. They really could have lost everything, and uh, they bet it all. And John Favreau and Kevin Feige made sure to cast Robert Downey Jr. because they figured he was the best actor for the roles. He'd been struggling in his personal life. And that this role was perfect for him, which, uh, as we discussed throughout this podcast, will definitely uh, be will definitely be a big part of this. But yeah, he's uh, definitely a key ingredient and have this movie failed, there probably would be no Infinity Saga and I wouldn't be talking about it right now nor speculating about MCU Phase 4, nor have posters for all the movies on my walls like Iron Man 3, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. And hopefully in the future I'll acquire the Avengers because I want that poster along with an actual Avengers Age of Ultron poster, because I had a cheap Target knockoff before. So I want to get the real thing. And uh, anyway, uh, real solid film. Only knock I have against it now is I feel Jeff Bridges just wasn't that great of a villain. His performance wasn't terrible. Just Obadiah just seemed like he was ripping off Iron Man and making just a bigger, bulkier armor. But there's still a lot of great things. The building blocks of his relationship with Pepper and also Agent Coulson being in it and uh, the freaking post-credit cameo, gosh dang, starring that tradition. 
gosh, I love all those memes that say you're whipped by the MCU because you know who to wait. But uh, it is a very true thing. I always wait, even for uh, later films like Avengers Endgame and uh, Age of Ultron that didn't have post-credit scenes. But yeah, it was definitely <clears throat> something to... Uh, that was pretty nice, especially with how Nick Fury just alerted him that this is just one small piece in a much bigger puzzle. How he was all like, I am Iron Man. You really think you're the only superhero in the world? Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, which then led to me and various other fans looking into the Avengers, and uh, that being a solid uh, phase, phase for Marvel. And the other thing, too, I liked was their focus, first of all, was to make good movies that would then go into the Avengers. So, uh... The next movie is one that's definitely considered the black sheep of the MCU. Some fans won't even watch it at this movie, and I don't get it, because I still think it's important to watch, especially since Thunderbolt Ross appears in Captain America Civil War, but it's the Incredible Hulk. I know that Bruce Banner was recast by Mark Ruffalo, who is superior in every way. Whenever anyone says that uh, Ed Norton is the best, I'm like, what are you talking about? No way. He is not the best. <laughs> I'm laughing every time I hear you say that. He's better for movies like Fight Club and uh, dramas like Primal Fear. But uh, Bruce Banner, he was okay, but not really great. And, uh, yeah, still a solid film. Tim Roth, the actor from many Quentin Tarantino movies, is Abomination and was pretty solid along with uh, William Hurt as General Thunderbolt Ross, who obviously came back. And overall, it was still amazing, great action, and it analyzed the duality between Bruce Banner and the Hulk, which is something that many of the comics do, like the Peter David Hulk run. But yeah, um, not going to say any names, point any fingers, but uh, yeah, I don't get how I have some friends who try to Try to say that um, they try to act like it's not canon, but you do you and I'll do me. I always include it in the marathon, so no matter what, it's always a part of phase one. And uh, then after that, that led to the sequel, Iron Man 2, which I feel is a film that gets way too much criticism and is a lot better than it gets credit for. People just really expected too much from this film, and I don't get how people say or how fans say that this is just a setup for the Avengers, and that's all it really is. Like, my God, it is so much more than that. And, my God, the scene where Howard Stark gives Tony approval from beyond the grave when he's all like, uh, Tony, I saved this for you. You won't be understand it, but later on in life, you will. I left this all for you. And you're the one who will finish this, because... You are my greatest creation, is you. And such a nice, uh, tearful moment, and uh, definitely one that had that was a good break in the action, because the action was definitely upped with Whiplash, and also Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer was freaking amazing. I don't get why he gets shafted so much for uh, best MCU villains, because that's another thing, too, that... The first couple phases definitely got a lot of criticism for was the villains. But uh, so glad, as we'll discuss later on, Phase 3 really upped the ante. And I hope Phase 4 does it even more, especially with some of the more villains that can come in. 
And on a side note, too, I'm really glad that the MCU, to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but not too much, the MCU has proven Marvel has some solid villains. And all those fools who say, DC has the best villains, Marvel has nothing. Uh, yeah, no, the MCU has proven Marvel has plenty that can match them. And Spider-Man's rogues gallery is another pretty solid one, too. And we'll get into that later when I talk about Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home and speculation on the future of Tom Holland and the MCU Spider-Man. <clears throat> anyway, back to this topic. But yeah, Iron Man 2 was real solid. And introducing Black Widow was real nice. It also progressed Tony and Pepper's relationship, which was an interesting development throughout all of the whole cinematic universe. And I uh, also really... Um, I also really liked uh, both the post credit scenes that set up Thor and whatnot. Those were uh, pretty awesome. So yeah, Iron Man 2 is definitely not a black sheep. I really don't get why it gets the reputation of the black sheep of the bunch. And then that led to Thor, the movie which I remember seeing with my dad. Grab a hope being with my grandma and my cousin in Iron Man 2. I saw it with a couple friends, my parents, on it as a birthday gift because the movie came out right around my birthday of that year. And Thor was one that, uh, I will admit, I really enjoyed when I saw it, but now I kind of have to know what I'm getting into, because after reading some Thor comics, I always like to see his adventures of when Thor goes on grand battles and whatnot. And you get that for, like, the first 20 minutes of the film, but then he goes to Earth, and it's the fish out of water story, which is still a great story. And I also love how he has to prove his worthiness, and I will admit, I kind of saw a little bit of myself in Thor, because uh, I uh, definitely <clears throat> had a pretty arrogant attitude, I'll admit, like that at times, and especially with women, and I just felt really overconfident and had to have some experiences to humble myself, just like how Odin taught Thor a lesson by casting him out onto Earth and whatnot, and my dad doing some similar things to me, like what Odin did. Not banishing me or anything, but uh, gave me some good verbal scoldings, just to clarify. <laughs> no banishing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and the movie introduced Loki, who was a solid villain, and uh, Anthony Hopkins was great as Odin. He was always a consistent great part of uh, the Thor trilogy, which now, based on Phase 4, is now going to be a quadrilogy. But, uh, yeah, just overall, Thor was still pretty solid and laid the building blocks for further uh, development for Thor, and he's definitely a... a character to put a pin in because he was one I didn't know much about and now I've really grown to love and I've read a lot of his comics and bought a lot of them and done a lot of research and learned a lot about Thor and really have uh, grown to love the character. Then after that it was uh, Captain America the First Avenger that I got recommended to be by my uh, one of my former friends at the time Devin. We're no longer friends now. It is what it is. Let's just say Captain America Civil War happened in real life. And, uh, yeah, me being Iron Man. But, uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, but there being no endgame that brought us back together. Let's just say that right now. But, anyway, um, frickin', yeah, I really enjoyed that one, too. Got me into Captain America. And I also feel like Chris Evans is really great as Cap and that uh, no one else should ever play the role. It's one thing I love and I also don't love about the MCU is how perfect these castings are because they're so damn good that uh, you just don't want, you just don't want to, uh, you don't want it to end. But uh, yeah, I just really, 
I just really don't like, uh, yeah, I just, uh, freaking, it was uh, definitely, uh, that was definitely interesting. But yeah, gosh, uh, Red Skull is also great, Hugo Weaving. And uh, he was absolutely great. And, but yeah, gosh, freaking, um, I just uh, really, uh, really enjoyed the film and it was a great start for Cap and definitely led to great further development for the character. So moving on next was The Big Tamale, the five-year payoff, The Avengers, a film that I really love and unlike some criticisms I've heard, I don't get why some people say the plot is weak. Joss Whedon does not write weak plots. I also don't get why people try to say that he doesn't write female characters that good. Yeah, no, no. Black Widow and Scarlet Witch and all the female characters and all the movies he's written are all really solid, and he knows how to do it. And he's, he wrote a good story that brought the Avengers together, from Captain America to Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. And also bringing back Loki, who was amazing, conniving, and just uh, one you really, really uh, sympathized with as this film progressed. And one little part that doesn't get discussed a lot is Thanos appearing in the mid credit scene, and I didn't even know who he was, but would then find out after Age of Ultron and after reading more comics, and he's one definitely to put a pin in. But anyway, that one was real solid, and all the action was great, the character moments, and definitely closed off phase one in a nice, solid bow. But yeah, I uh, really just uh, really freaking... Uh, Loved the film. It was absolutely amazing. It should have won Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. Life of Pi. Yeah, no, those visual effects haven't aged real well. The Avengers should have won. But, uh, yeah, gosh. Frickin', uh, then after that, it led to Iron Man 3, a film which I was mixed about after it came out, mainly due to the twist about the Mandarin and the way how it ended, making it look like it wasn't really the end of Iron Man's story. <clears throat> but, yeah. I've grown to appreciate it more, though. It's just that Mandarin twist is annoying, especially after reading more of the comics. So, yeah. But outside of that, I still enjoy the film. It has good action, even though I do feel like the director, Shane Black, should stick to his comfort zone, which is buddy cop films like Lethal Weapon and The Nice Guys. But uh, still pretty solid and definitely helped, leading to further development for um, future appearances for Stark, since he always appeared in other characters' films and whatnot. But yeah, after um, <clears throat> Iron Man 3, it was Thor The Dark World, definitely the the weakest of them. Malekith wasn't a strong villain, and where it left off, there were good aspects of it, like Loki and the action, but uh, not much to say. I still enjoy it. I'll still watch it on rewatch, but uh, definitely not a, one of the stronger entries. However, that didn't last long, because up next was Captain America the Winter Soldier. And oh my gosh, this movie frickin' took everything good about the first Captain America movie and just improved on it in every way, shape, and form. And it was also kind of like a 70s political thriller, like all the President's Man, especially with Robert Redford being in the movie, and various references to it that kind of made it a more updated, modern-day version of all the President's Men that I really liked. And Captain America's The Price of Freedom speech, absolutely amazing. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Optimus Prime does not have the best speeches in cinematic history. That goes to Captain America. Nobody else. And I mean nobody. But yeah, 
these fights with Bucky were great. The action was just absolutely incredible and intense and was shaky cam done right, not shaky cam just as a gimmick or just to add intensity or whatever. <clears throat> the Russo brothers are one of the few directors in Hollywood today that know how to use shaky cam right. There aren't many, but they are one of them. And then after this movie up next was the movie that I had no faith in, but I lost a bet to one of my friends and ended up watching it after it came out in theaters, that being Guardians of the Galaxy. The trailers, let's just say, didn't do justice for me. I just thought the movie was going to be a glorified cartoon, and I just thought the movie looked way too childish and way too cartoonish. But then watched the film, really grew to love the team. Ronan was a bit of a bland villain, but overall, solid story, great characters, and uh, definitely enjoyed seeing them more as they would progress, and uh, Star-Lord and all of them had definitely a lot of funny moments, and overall, a great film. And then after that, the sequel, Avengers Age of Ultron, and uh, this one being a movie, another movie, which I feel gets too much criticism. It's a lot better than it gets credit for, and Ultron was a pretty solid villain. And the fight in Sokovia was great, and it did bring in Vision and Scarlet Witch, who were both amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and overall, action was great, advanced the story, and definitely uh, helped plant the seeds for future developments. And I don't get why some people still try to criticize that, because it's still a solid film. And Joss Whedon definitely left some good story threads for the Russo brothers to pick up with both Infinity War and Endgame. And I also remember, too, at one time, Infinity War was supposed to be two parts, but then that changed. <clears throat> and then up next was Ant-Man, the one I, was, I had no opinion on, but uh, watched after the fact and did grow to like. Um, the one thing, though, about this movie that always holds it back for me is the director, Edgar Wright, who almost directed the film. He was the writer, and a lot of the best scenes of the movie are from his script. But uh, after watching Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and the Cornetto trilogy, I really can't help but say, what if Edgar Wright directed Ant-Man? We'll never know, but it sure is fun to speculate about. But Ant-Man was still solid, directed by uh, Peyton Reed. Paul Rudd was real good, along with Evangeline Lilly as... Uh, Wasp, or Janet Van Dyne, who would then become Wasp. And surprisingly, Michael Douglas was amazing as Hank Pym. So glad they didn't give him his comic book origin story where he was a wife beer and uh, kind of had some psychopathic tendencies to his character. Also, not making him the creator of Ultron. That being, well, I've already said some spoilers anyway. I'm going to right now, so no holding back. Um, Tony Stark being the creator of Ultron. But yeah, gosh, um... Still solid overall and a good ending to Phase 2. But yeah, after uh, that, uh, after Ant-Man, the first film of Phase 3 that I mentioned earlier was Captain America Civil War, which, absolutely amazing. Don't get why some people criticize this movie by calling it Avengers 2.5. Captain America's story is the story that drives it moving forward. And same thing with Bucky, and the threads were carried over from the Winter Soldier. It's just... It had the aspect of the Civil War aspect molded in, <clears throat> along with all sides being established, and no character feeling like they're acting out of character when they do this. Along with the film, ending with moral ambiguity, ambiguity, and there not being a clear winner. Truly great, and Baron Zemo is a very underrated villain, because he was the first MCU villain to succeed, as he wanted to divide the Avengers in half, 
and that is exactly what he did. And uh, it was just, uh, he, he was really good, and I don't get why he, why he, uh, why he freaking uh, gets so much criticism. But anyway, I really have uh, really grown to love him, and he is truly an underrated villain. And uh, then that led to Doctor Strange, a movie that I was excited for. Wasn't familiar with the character, but I love Benedict Cumberbatch and the trailers. Definitely made me want to see it even more. And did not disappoint. The fight with Dormammu was great. And love how he kept saying, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And kept, like, respawning, like, in a video game. And uh, one thing which uh, I'll uh, probably discuss a little before this is over is the uh, Stan Lee cameo in this movie, which was hilarious, where <laughs> he's in another dimension and hits a bus he's on. And that's definitely one thing I've always loved. Stan Lee cameos were always great. Um, but yeah, I've always loved every single one and uh, truly miss you. Rest in peace, Stan. Great man, great writer, just everything great. And then after this, uh, it was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And uh, I really love this film. Great, solid film. And I believe this was the beginning of Marvel having better villains with Ego. The heroes were great too. Many great musical mo music moments, especially with some of the song choices like The Chain. One of the things I've loved about Guardians of the Galaxy is its use of the licensed music. And the chain in this movie was amazing. And uh, overall, just uh, real great up the stakes and can't wait to see how this gets all resolved in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And there were many post-credit scenes in this movie also, so love just about all of them. They were all hilarious or nice setups for the future of the MCU. So after this was, as I hinted at earlier, <coughs> Spider-Man Homecoming, which uh, was great because, my God, Tom Holland's Spider-Man was perfect. His cameo in Civil War was absolutely great, spot-on, costume, his performance, just everything, and this movie proved it. And Michael Keaton was another solid villain as the Vulture with a very sympathetic backstory and definitely liked how uh, you could tell where he was coming from on the way he felt about uh, being shunned in society. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, absolutely great. And uh, some solid twists in the movie, too. Uh, definitely really loved uh, the twist with uh, his daughter and Spider-Man dating her and whatnot, and taking her to Homecoming and how that was utilized. I could never get a date to my own Homecoming, so I kind of felt like I was living through uh, this uh, through Peter Parker, which was real nice. So, uh, overall, absolutely great. And... Uh, Definitely led to some more greatness in Far From Home. And uh, then after this, uh, that was Thor Ragnarok, the Thor film we needed and deserved. Taika Waititi just did what the Winter Soldier did for Captain America. Just took everything that wasn't working with Thor, threw it out, and did his own thing. Added a little more comedy while keeping some heart and uh, action. And there were many great moments, especially when Odin says to him, No, you're stronger. And when he saves Asgard and defeats Hela, and Korg was absolutely hilarious, especially with his calm, chill demeanor. Uh, I was just watching it the other day and still laughing a whole lot. And the Hulk's appearance was great also. Many great characters to come as the universe progressed. <clears throat> and then up next was Black Panther, the movie which finally got uh, an Oscar nomination for Best Picture for Superhero Films. And I really don't get the hate this movie gets. It is absolutely amazing. Killmonger is a great villain who almost overshadows 
Black Panther at many points, but Black Panther is still good. And it really sets up Wakanda real well, and can't wait to see the sequels. Great action, and uh, Black Panther are a solid hero. Also nice that he already got introduced in Civil War, so didn't have to cover his backstory, so they could just move forward with him. And then up next, another big tamale, the big crossovers, which this movie had been leading to. Avengers Infinity War. I think I'm going to go quickly through Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel as they... Uh, there wasn't too much about it, but I'm just going to say my thoughts briefly because got a lot to say about Infinity War and Endgame. Infinity War, absolutely incredible. How all the characters were utilized in Thanos. Holy shit, absolutely incredible. Josh Brolin was perfect for the character. I couldn't believe how he was the lead character in the film, yet RDJ and many other actors had a higher billing than him. And he had so many great moments, and sometimes I even quote him in my daily life. And when I talk about something, I don't want to do, but I have to do. I say the hardest choices require the strongest wills, as Thanos would say. But yeah, and the action, absolutely incredible. This movie balanced it all. Comedy, action, drama, and when Thanos sacrifices Gamora, you really feel it. And the soundtrack is absolutely incredible, and when Thor makes Stormbreaker an absolutely epic and badass moment, especially when he enters Wakanda, building off the character development of Thor Ragnarok, and he just becomes an absolute badass. And uh, even though he doesn't beat Thanos with the infamous, you should have gone for the head, and then snaps, which then leads to the decimation, a key plot point of uh, Endgame. So to cover the films in between real quick, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I enjoyed the film. I will admit it definitely feels a little too disconnected from the main story, but it's still solid. And... Uh, I will admit, it definitely felt like it took some baby driver influence with the car chase scenes. But, uh, yeah, I still enjoy it. It's still great. Uh, definitely uh, probably in the middle of my MCU tier list, but still solid. And uh, <clears throat> really enjoyed it. And then up next was Captain Marvel, a film I feel like it's way too much hate. Brie Larson, I don't know why she's made like she's a man-hating shrew. All the cosplayers I follow who've met her and various others say she is one of the kindest and sweetest women you'll ever meet. And watch the movie Just Mercy. That proves how great of an actress she is. And follow her social media. She is really the victim of a witch hunt with people who like to say bullshit about her. Just absolute bullshit. And if you call them out on it too, they will shut up. So they know they're talking out of their asses. <clears throat> but yeah. Anyway, freaking... Um, Really enjoyed that one. It had some characters reappear from Guardians of the Galaxy. And Nick Fury was de-aged along with Agent Coulson. And some hilarious references to the 90s also. So, uh, highly recommend that one. Now, back to the main event of the Infinity War and Endgame. Avengers Endgame picks up where uh, Infinity War left off. And frickin', um, it was just absolutely incredible. And, uh, oh gosh, it was the payoff to all the universe. <clears throat> all the characters, Iron Man, Captain America, just had their stories pay off in the best ways. And when the final battle occurred, it was like the Battle of Minas Tirith and uh, Helm's Deep, or not Helm's Deep, uh, uh, Mordor in Return of the King, <clears throat> only a lot better with more characters. And when Captain America says, Avengers, assemble. Gosh, so many great payoffs and moments. And I was fanboying and loving it while also crying when... Rest in peace, Black Widow passed away. Just uh, <clears throat> an absolute sad moment. But uh, yeah, 
just truly great. So many great moments, and especially when Thanos thinks he's about to win, but then Stark, cleverly using the nanobot armor, says, and I am Iron Man, and pays off the foreshadowing from the Avengers, along with Captain America being worthy for Mjolnir. Absolutely incredible, and really loved just uh, every scene, and it was an emotional journey, and saw it three times in theaters, cried just about every time, and absolutely incredible, and uh, I'll miss you, Captain America. Iron Man, you will be missed. And then the last film, and I'm probably going to have to make another episode to do my speculation since I'm limited to half an hour. So this is just going to be an Infinity Saga retrospective. It is Spider-Man Far From Home, which brought in Mysterio. Absolutely great villain, especially with uh, how he played with the events of Endgame. And Spider-Man was great. Tom Holland, absolutely incredible. And an absolute badass in the role. <clears throat> and same thing with Nick Fury and Maria Hill. And... Overall, <clears throat> another Spider-Man sequel that upped the ante and brought everything full circle. And the ending with Mysterio outing Spider-Man. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what that's going to lead to. Especially now that Sony and Marvel have gotten the deal together. And uh, it was just uh, a great film, great action. Jake Gyllenhaal is absolutely amazing as Mysterio. Love it in the scene where he fights. And he's all like, fire all the drones now! And when Spider-Man wins and he tries to kill him and says, you can't trick me anymore. Absolutely love that moment. <clears throat> so here it is. My uh, Infinity Saga Marvel Cinematic Universe retrospective. Up next, I will do, I will do a uh, Phase 4 speculation. And then maybe another podcast on... Uh, action movies and their history and how John Wick and Mad Max Fury Road have brought them back to greatness. Duran out. <laughs>